Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. This summer, it occurred to me the other day, is the 36th anniversary of the Woodstock Festival. What a great occasion for a morning story. You know, I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, not another story of one of those 400,000 youths who went to Woodstock and participated in one of the most earth-shaking events in the history of American culture. No. This is Morning Stories. We take a more original approach. We're going to present you with the sound diary of somebody who never made it to Woodstock and why. We call it like, uh, how come I never made it to Woodstock, man? August 9th. Just heard about Woodstock. Sounds groovy, man. Three days of music, peace, and love. Should I go? Or what? August 10th, my cousin Sherman became a Buddhist today and, like, gave me his Chevy van. Far out now, I can drive to Woodstock with my friend, Raindrop. August 11th, I parked the van last night and then forgot where I parked it. Uh Uh-oh. This short-term memory loss is getting to be a real drag, man. Looks like Raindrop and I hitchhike tomorrow. August 12th. Raindrop and the guy who picked us up started to dig each other, so they dropped me off and went straight back to his commune. See ya. I never made it out of town, man. Raindrop says he's a very high being, and they're going to go to India and transcend rock and roll. August 13th. I threw the I Ching this morning to see if Woodstock was still a good idea, and got this hexagram for endless rain over rising mud. Bummer. Sherman says it isn't real rain, though. It symbolizes the flow of Woodstock, which I got to go with. I don't know, man. It just started raining in Woodstock. August 14th. Far out, man. I just flashed on where I parked the van. Woodstock is definitely back on. Besides, the papers say 400,000 people are coming from all over the country. I gotta be there. August 15th, Woodstock is like totally off. Raindrop came back and we can't get her out of the closet, man. Turns out she and her old man split for Woodstock after all and got arrested going 12 miles an hour in the passing lane of the Massachusetts Turnpike. I don't know what they were on, but uh, she's been hallucinating ever since. Hey, come out of the closet, will you, man, please? She stopped seeing these barracudas all over her legs, but she's still convinced her shadow is a CIA agent they pinned to her while she was asleep. (sighs) Sherman says it looks like my going to Woodstock just wasn't meant to be. But I should cheer up. He's pretty sure I was meant to see the movie. Gee, uh, Gary Mott, uh, I wonder who that was. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, they say that uh, Woodstock was a, a really, truly memorable event, but I think if the truth were told, there weren't too many people who were able to remember anything that they did at Woodstock, and it's a miracle that the 60s has any living witnesses to it at all. Well, you know, Tony, I was born in the summer of 69. You? I you can't say that Dad. I... Dad! Was, was that... <laughs> did I end up in Texas? <laughs> I'm Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) We got to put the past aside, Gary, 
and, and look toward the future. And a couple of weekends ago, I, I was at the um, Mac World Conference mm. at uh, the Heinz Center in Boston. And a lot of people felt that there wasn't enough new stuff there. It wasn't as big as uh, it had been in the past or in New York. But I'll tell you, there was something new there that was incredibly exciting, and that was the presence of podcasting. I ran into a fellow whose name was Philip Hodgetts, the impresario and the host of the digital production Buzz, the DP Buzz, which is a podcast. I think it comes out maybe every week or even more often than that. He was sitting there and he was interviewing people and covering the event. So uh, we actually sat down and we talked a little bit about what we thought we were doing with podcasting. Um, it's interesting that, that as a traditional broadcaster that you see these new alternate forms as an opportunity rather than a challenge. I think a lot of broadcasters, a lot of entrenched media are seeing um, blog blogs and podcasting as challenges rather than um, opportunities. Well, that's true this week. <laughs> we have to wait. <laughs> that's right. Things are moving so fast that we're really dealing with internet time. You know, it's what they call a disruptive technology, yes. right? Yes. It's so new. So your first reaction, if you're entrenched in some area doing a certain kind of show, is to feel a little frightened by it. Say, well, well, well. How do I, how do I make it stay the same while still be different? Or how do I, do I still compete with the guys I was competing with before? Or do we become partners? Right now, I can't say there is a coordinated response from public broadcasting toward the opportunities that podcasting offers, not only for audio, but eventually for video mm -hmm. as well. But I do know that at some point people are going to say, this is, you know, this is an incredible opportunity for us to learn a lot as well. Let's be good neighbors. Let's go out into this new market and listen to what other people are interested in doing, and let's listen to their podcast. What are the podcasts that you're listening to right now and, and do they have anything in common would you say with each other the the three that i'm listening to and trying to keep up with um, are my own show because i want to improve so i listen mm -hmm. to that back right and there's you know there's a difference between doing the show live and then listening back and absolutely. saying absolutely okay i could learn that i can improve on that um inside mac radio it's my buddy's show so right. that. but then uh, seth godin has a small business marketing show and mm -hmm. because i am in small business um, I want to learn more about how to do that style of, of marketing. I think that's sort of comp he's a viral marketer. Um, so for you, it's really focused on your work. It's an extension yeah, of yeah. what you want to do. I'm a very one-dimensional person. No, you're real. You're real. And, and you're obviously having fun. And yes. you're exploring it. For me, can I tell you what some of mine are? Yes. yes. Mine, mine are, well, I listen to my podcast, which is called Morning Stories, for the same reason. I try to listen to it maybe a day or two later when I can hear it fresh and yes. see what really yeah. didn't work. Or Works. possibly what did. <laughs> Uh, but I also like to listen to something called Croncast, which is uh, a husband and wife uh, sort of in the Chicago area who kind of talk very amusingly and brightly about their lives okay. as young parents and as people struggling to make it in today's economy. I listen to Adam Curry's uh, show. I like to hear individuals talking about uh, what they're passionate about. I do it, I guess, for the company of having people who make me feel welcome because they're really showing me something they like. For me, it's a social kind of thing. So yes. in that sense, I think podcasting is very different from broadcasting in that you really feel that the person who's talking to you is really talking to another person and is eager to hear back. You know, it was really interesting, Gary, to talk to another podcaster about podcasting as something that you also consume. 
when podcasters get together, they only tend to talk about producing podcasts. But the fact is, we're also consumers, and we're we're listening to different kinds of podcasts. We're forming different relationships with it. It's changing in so many different ways. There is nothing that is like a common experience that uh, people are having with this yet. And although that can be incredibly confusing, I think it's also terrific. It's really yeasty because very new ideas can come out of the fact that people are getting very personal and original takes sure. on what's happening. You know, the kind of pod- what kind of podcast do you listen to? I mean, here, we've been working together for quite a long time. I don't really know what, what kind of podcast you listen to. Well, you know, I've been I've been counting on you to to recommend uh, you know five minutes with Wichita um, Croncast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of course, I check out other WGBH branded podcasts. Clark yeah. Boyd's Tech. Clark uh, Boyd's podcast is doing terrific. Right yeah, up there, in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. The iTunes, you yeah, know, and, and the you GBH know, Forum one. Sure, and right. KCRW has, you know, a number of offerings as mm-hmm. well. You know, 3,000 podcasts to choose from. That's a lot of material that I can put on my iPod and can listen to on the way to Maine this weekend. It's not going to be long before everybody's going to want Ipswich.com to be their sponsor, and then we're in trouble. <laughs> so let me just say we are extremely grateful, and, and, and we hope that they understand how much we appreciate the support of Ipswich.com, a leader in file transfer software, and our sponsor pretty much since we got started as a podcast. If you want to find out more about them, just check out their website at www.ipswitch.com. As you know, as we say every week, wgbh.org slash morningstories, and please send us an email while you're there, morningstories at wgbh.org. And if you find you're not too exhausted at the end of the week, Check back with us for another morning story on Friday. We'll see you then. Bye.